Well, hello, and welcome to the Partner Connection. This is Dell Technologies Partner Podcast, and I'm Cheryl Cook, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Cassandra Garber, who's our Vice President of Corporate Sustainability and ESG at Dell. So welcome, Cassandra. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. Yeah, delighted to have you. So this is certainly a very hot topic and really coming to the forefront of many board agendas and certainly customer agendas. So share a little bit about your role and the scope of how you're looking at corporate sustainability and ESG for us here at Dell. I love how you shared this. This is the main thing we talk about that is happening in this space right now is that every stakeholder cares oftentimes in ways that they maybe didn't in the past. So it is certainly a, a hot topic. And of course, those of us who are a little bit geeky in this space love to make the joke about climate change and it being a hot topic. Um, <laughs> truly hot. But it's such a dynamic space right now. So the main thing that we are focusing on in terms of our overall sustainability ESG strategy at Dell is integrating it in everything that we do. Thinking about long-term, what does this mean for our business? And how are we doing what we call shared value? So how are we finding those opportunities to make this good for society and good for business, which is probably the best part of my job and why I get so excited to wake up every day and get to work on this. Because in my opinion, there's nothing better than having that opportunity to both help Dell, help our customers, help our partners, help our communities from both a financial and a societal perspective. So what we actually do every day, my team, we work on our global sustainability ESG strategy. So that means we get to figure out what are those material topics, whether it's climate action, circular economy, digital inclusion, inclusive workforce, building trust from a security ethics and privacy perspective. We get to work on all of those things every single day and help identify opportunities across the company and support teams across the company to do more in those spaces. We also get to work with customers every day and our partners and identify opportunities together to meet their goals and to learn from them and share best practices because it is such a collaborative space. We get to do a lot of that kind of collaboration with many, many others. We also do philanthropy. So we get to actually, you know, run programs in communities, things like Student Tech Crew, if you hadn't heard of that, which is basically a student-led IT team in schools. And we're expanding and growing that program well outside the U.S. to multiple other countries. We have Girls Who Game that is part of getting girls in particular, but many diverse groups into STEM. We have solar community hubs around the globe that are solar-powered opportunities for communities to have access to technology and build their skills. So we get to work on such a wonderful variety of things at the center of the company and as I mentioned, at the end of the day, it's all about connecting those dots, both inside the company and with our partners and customers and communities to grow our business, to grow theirs, and to make the world a better place. Well, it's certainly ambitious. And like you said, very dynamic and rewarding. You're working on really impactful topics and certainly a company of our size and scale. We have a big obligation and play a big role in being a leader as much as possible on the way we're thinking about this. But one thing I've really been impressed in as I talk with partners, they really respect is the degree of transparency and forethought that I think you and JJ and certainly the team has taken around 
setting goals, setting targets, measuring, publishing reports, really openly, to your point, collaborating with our customers and partners, because it takes all of us, right, to really try and make the impact we want. But maybe share about how over the last year or so, we've really gotten in with a lot of your leadership focused about our targets, really focused about our goals, what is most impactful. And I know there's a whole regulatory lens to this that's coming, but share a little bit about how you and your team has had to think about what our targets are, how we think about the annual report and how you publish and share the progress we're making against those, specifically to our moonshot goals and targets. Yeah, there's a lot there. I would say one of the main things that we've really been working on, to your point about transparency, but also clarity. So as this space has become more popular, I would say, and more of interest to various groups, what happens is that there's not a really clear definition of what is sustainability. And it's kind of a little bit of a joke when you work in this space that when you say sustainability, what do you really mean? And there's CSR and there's corporate citizenship and there's ESG and there's probably 14 other acronyms and labels. So one of the first things that I did when I joined the company two years ago today, actually, it's my anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary is the way we say it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is we focused on clarifying what does it mean to us? Meaning what is material to our business, both from a risk standpoint in terms of ensuring the sustainability of our business and from an opportunity standpoint, meaning what do our customers need from us on this? What do communities need from us on this? What does society need from us on this? So those are both risk and opportunity kind of lenses that we put on this. And that's why when you ask me what my team does, we've gotten really clear on exactly the impact areas or the areas where we seek to have an outsized impact. So we took the big, broad terms of sustainability and ESG, and we said, we want to focus on climate action, circular economy, digital inclusion, inclusive workforce, and building trust. And that gives us a scaling and a scoping and quite frankly, it helps us make some really important decisions and prioritizations. It also helps our partners, our customers, our communities know where we are experts, where we're putting our resources, where we're putting product innovation. So they have a sense of what we're accomplishing and they can come to us to work with us on those things. And it's such a beautiful thing when they have an understanding of where we are and we can work with them on where they are. And it's easy to find that overlap. So that was a really big thing that we've done. The other thing that we've done is as we identify what are those areas, we reevaluated our targets. We've had targets for a long time, but we relaunched a set of targets in 2019 set for 2030, like many companies. Starting at 2030, we do have 2040 and 2050 targets as well. But primarily, we have our 2030 targets that we focus on. And so, as you mentioned, there's so much happening in the space. Our customer demand is skyrocketing, and that's not only because they have their own targets, but also because of the regulations coming. So we're now seeing this really interesting dynamic where some regulations exist in this space right now, and it only seems as though they're going to increase, particularly in the EU and a bit in the US as well, and certainly in other parts of the world, it's ticking up also. 
But those two things, the customer demand driven on their own and or driven by regulations, drove us to kind of revisit those 2030 targets and say, okay, let's look at them with a new lens on this space and what is expected of us. And so in doing that, we worked across the company and with truly the senior most leadership in the company. And we said, what should our goals look like, knowing that the bulk of them remain exactly the same? Some of them need to be more ambitious. Some of them just need some more clarity in terms of what are the metrics and how are we holding ourselves accountable so that we can transparently report on them in a meaningful way. So what ultimately happened is we condensed 25 goals down to nine. And some of those goals simply became subsets. You know, they were nested underneath a bigger goal. But what that did is it gave us focus. Here are the nine things we seek to accomplish by 2030. And each one of those nine has a executive level responsibility within our company. And I can assure you, if you meet members of my team, they will hold them accountable to those goals. So we've put processes in place to make sure that we are tracking and working towards those goals as well. So we now have a better system internally. We call it our OMG, our ESG operating model and governance that keeps us on track with those goals. The one big thing I'll mention is the other big change we made is we went from a pillar that was called upholding ethics and data privacy. We renamed it upholding trust and did a little bit more to include security as part of that because that's another topic and space that's really growing in significance and importance and quite frankly, a place where we seek to continue our leadership and even drive more leadership. So putting some goals out there that are specifically about gaining trust, again, in the world of AI, and I can't believe we've gone this far into the conversation. It's the first time we've said it, but the world <laughs> of AI and digital transformation upholding trust is even more important than it's been in the past. And so holding ourselves accountable to driving that trust was really, really important and kind of a big change that we made just this year. Well, obviously you've been very, very busy. And I know when you say you focused or condensed targets from 25 to nine, that's typically the hardest part, right? Is when you drive clarity and simplification, and even though it may be nested objectives, just getting that clarity can sometimes take a lot of work. One area I'd love to have you expand a little bit on, because I think so many people would look at us at Dell, and obviously we're a market leader in so many of the categories of the technology that we bring to market. And we certainly very publicly talk about our mission and our purpose is to really bring technology to advance human progress. But one of those specifically is around climate change. And, you know, there's a whole lot there, certainly in the technology we bring and the topics that people are most interested in. And you and I were just commenting that we're both in Texas and the heat this summer we're experiencing. I feel like we're living on the surface of the sun. So this whole climate change is very real and very topical at the moment. But talk about the way we're thinking about it, because I know it's a very end-to-end -end holistic view, but around the products we build, the efforts and energy that we're very focused on as we innovate and bring technology and innovations to market. So how are we taking on our action around climate change? Yeah, this is another place where we had to kind of simplify and clarify our approach and our strategy to climate action, because there's just so much opportunity here. And this is another one that has customer demand, partnership opportunities, and also regulations coming. So 
our strategy is one that I'm pleased to be able to share because I think we've done a really good job of simplifying what it is. Our strategy is threefold. One, decarbonize Dell. That is to think about our own operations, both upstream and downstream, and what are we doing to achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050, which we are committed to doing. So we have targets across scopes one, two, and three. Scopes one and two being emissions reduction by 50% by 2030. And also by 2030, we'll source 75% of our electricity from renewable sources across all of our facilities and 100% by 2040. We're also reducing absolute scope three greenhouse gas emissions from our purchased goods and services by 45% by 2030. So for those of you who also nerd out in this stuff, that's CAT 1, scope 3, CAT 1. And then in scope 3, CAT 11, by 2030, we'll reduce our absolute scope 3 greenhouse gas emissions associated with the use of our sold products by 30%. So those last two that I mentioned, our scope 3 targets, are also part of the revisions that we made to our goals this last year. And I read them off and a few words sounds like, you know, oh, nice, good thing they're doing that. But for those of you who live and breathe and are hearing more about scope three, that's a really, really challenging task because tackling scope three means tackling things that are outside of your operations and often outside your control. It means advocating and partnering and supporting and sometimes guiding and sometimes helping. And it's very much a systemic approach to tackling climate change. So that's all just within how we are working to decarbonize Dell. The second part of how we're approaching climate action is to help decarbonize our customers. As I mentioned, our customers, our partners, all have their own climate-related initiatives and goals. We're trying to support IT-based solutions that make progress on climate action and deliver valuables to us and our customers. So we have some phenomenal examples of that. So everything from sustainable client devices, really, really focused on energy efficiency in client devices whether that's circuit boards, processors, power supplies, memory, again, leveraging AI in a number of places in this space also. Going beyond the PC as well, displays, peripherals, we have some eco settings and reducing wasted energy in multiple places, you know, consumers in the workplace, you name it. Sustainable data centers is huge. So what we're doing to think about sustainable data centers, particularly with the consumption that's going to be required for AI and Gen AI, we're putting a lot of emphasis in that right now. Creating sustainable data centers and the offerings that we can bring forward to support that is another really big focus for us and an opportunity as a society, again, given just how significant that is going to be in our digital transformation as a society. Apex and what we're doing, there's a, a lot of opportunities and a lot of options right now with Apex from a sustainability perspective. And and more to come, a little teaser there, that more to come from kind of emissions monitoring and emissions management in an as-a-service kind of way. And then the third aspect of our climate action strategy and approach is to decarbonize society. So decarbonize Dell, decarbonize our customers, decarbonize society. And what we mean when we say decarbonize society, that means doing our part beyond ourselves, beyond our customers, beyond our industry, but truly doing our part as a society because we do recognize that the heat in Texas is unpleasant and unhealthy, that the other aspects of climate change are detrimental to our society and have impacts that we may not be able to recover from. So we recognize our role in that. And so some things when you get tactical about what that looks like, there's opportunity for advocacy in many places. 
But one way that that comes together with what we're doing for our customers is through product carbon footprints. So there's tremendous demand right now for the product carbon footprint of each of our products. And right now, this is another one of those spaces where we're lacking standardization across the industry, across society. So we're playing a very active role in engaging with consortiums and positioning ourselves as leaders in these calculations. How do you manage this? How do you track and how do you do this in a way that is in alignment with climate science, but also giving our customers what they need to make informed decisions as they're making their purchase choices? So I know that was a lot, but hopefully the three components to our strategy are, are helpful to give a sense of the ways in which we're trying to tackle this very broad and very important space. Well, it is very broad, but it's critical. And like I said, it's an increased topic of either curiosity or focus. And many of our customers and partners have their own initiatives and targets, as you said. So one other really, really popular topic that we're discussing a lot is around our efforts in advancing sustainability and what our concept of circular economy is, what our role in impacting the circular economy I know we did just at the beginning of the year launch a new asset recovery service that our partners are certainly eligible to participate and leverage. It's part of our partner program with rebates and incentives, but expand and maybe share a little bit for us just this whole topic of circular economy, the impact it has and how we're trying to impact, influence, and really drive that. Yeah, this is another one. I think e-waste is quite obviously quite relevant to our industry. So our strategy focuses on eliminating the concept of waste entirely. How do we get rid of the idea of there being waste? And that's all in focus of achieving a circular economy. So not everything we do is in threes, but our strategy around circularity is also kind of a three-part strategy. And it's going to feel a little bit similar in terms of what we're doing from a climate perspective to bring some clarity. So we have three components. One is circular design. So thinking about not only dematerializing from a product standpoint, optimizing efficiency, those kinds of things, but also sourcing sustainable materials, extending the life of our products, enabling repair, refurbishment. As you mentioned, recovery and recycling is a critical part of that. That's all part of what we consider circular design. So that is what choices we make in terms of the design of our products. So that's really, really fundamental to our strategy overall. And we know it's fundamental to what our customers and partners want to buy from us. And they want to learn and understand how we're doing that within our products. Then we have our circular business. So similar to, you know, decarbonizing Dell, but also broader than our own business. So how are we thinking about different business models? So even bringing it back to Apex and as a service again, and thinking about how we are able to leverage that for the life of the product and recovery and reuse of products and being able to manage that in new and innovative business models. We've got a lot of focus happening there as well. Overall, trying to reduce the carbon footprint of IT. And the last piece, again, is circular society. So again, we fully recognize our role in influencing and being a part of a conversation, whether it comes to repair and recyclability or sustainable materials. And so we, again, are part of some consortiums and some groups that are figuring out what does that look like in the future for our industry and beyond. This is a space where I'm really, really pleased and proud. We, again, are putting ourselves out there and showing our clear commitment to leadership from a circularity perspective. Our goals in this space are 
ambitious to say the least. So we have three key goals. By 2030, for every metric ton of our products a customer buys, one metric ton will be reused or recycled. That's huge and really challenging and a lot. And we are very much appreciative and excited to partner with our partners on that in particular because they play a critical role. And I know that a number of our partners are very focused on that as well. So this is another one of those systemic kind of commitments we all have to work together on from a recyclability and recovery standpoint. We also have by 2030, 100% of our packaging will be made from recycled or renewable material or will utilize reused packaging. And we're really, really close on that target. So, you know, it's sometimes it's those last few percentage points that are the hardest to get to 100%. And we're in that now. We're really in the thick of what are those last few things that we can and should do to get to this. And it's a very exciting place to be from a packaging standpoint. And then the last really big ambitious goal that we have in circularity is that by 2030, more than half of our product content will be made from recycled, renewable, or reduced carbon emissions material. So this comes back to that sustainable materials and how we're using that in our design. So we already have some great examples of what that looks like in the company, how we're using sustainable materials, again, in products, but also in packaging. So there's a lot there. Only other thing I'll mention, because I just am so incredibly proud, and it's just a wonderful example of how we seek to put ourselves forward in this space, is Concept Luna. So if you haven't heard of Concept Luna, it's the concept car of laptop design and what does a circular laptop look like. It's just amazing to see within a couple of minutes to take all of the pieces apart and be able to see each of the components, the telemetry that is on each of them to have a way to manage and monitor end of life or, you know, how we might be able to repair a piece or a part while keeping the rest of it intact is pretty phenomenal and forward thinking that we're excited about and excited to kind of take it through a lot of other opportunities across the company. Yeah, I couldn't be more proud, frankly, of the leadership role that we at Dell take and Cassandra, a lot of your personal leadership and your teams to really push us as a company to continue to stay really focused on those. One thing I do want to call to everyone's attention, to your point, we've launched our asset recovery services in the partner program. That's certainly been well embraced by our partners and not just because of the program benefits, but it allows them to provide meaningful and valuable services to their customers. So talk a little bit about why this moment is important for driving, one, the conversation and the discussion, but the awareness around the industry itself. Yeah, I love that. And I love talking about how we can do this together. Don't mean to sound cheesy. It really is something we need to do together, especially with our partners. Like that is our biggest opportunity is to work with our partners on this. And it's because recent data, I believe it's in 2021 that Something along the lines of 57 million tons of e-waste was generated worldwide. That's a lot. And that actually makes it the fastest growing domestic waste stream. And what's frustrating slash an opportunity is that only 17.4% of it is actually being recycled globally. So the opportunity is there. The need is there. And this comes back to the circular business models. If we start doing a better job of taking it back, we can be rethinking how it is reused and repurposed and designed differently to account for that. So it's something that's good for business. It's something that's very much good for our planet. It's something we can work on together and tackle together. But for those of us who work in this industry, 
e-waste couldn't be more material than it is. It is our responsibility and our opportunity to really figure this out for the sake of society, for the sake of future generations. So I would encourage everyone personally and professionally to think about what can be done in terms of addressing the giant issue that is e-waste. Well, we could go on and on. One, it's a super relevant topic. Two, it is broad. Like you said, there's just so much that needs to be done. And I just want to thank you for all your leadership and the commitment that you're driving across the company, certainly. But there's all parts of Dell are engaged in this from supply chain to engineering to everything. So I'm super proud of the company and the role we take. But we're never done. There's a whole lot more to do. And it takes all the collective collaborative work of, like you said, our partners, ourselves, our customers. So as we wrap up, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball because I like to do this in summary. And we've not had you as a guest on this podcast before. So maybe share something that might be a fun fact about yourself that no one would know, not on your resume, not on the CV, your Dell colleagues might not know. What's a fun fact about Cassandra? Not a lot of people know, but I am a rock star table tennis player. So bring it on. If anyone ever wants to play, I get quite competitive and I will likely win. Um, if you wow. Table tennis. <laughs> Yeah, my my ambition is to get into pickleball, so I'll I'll stay free I and love not pickleball on that. <laughs> yeah, people tell Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. That'll be fun. Well, Cassandra, you've been a delight as always. I just want to thank you for your commitment and advocacy and collaboration, working with our partners and our partner advisory council, and integrating us into the work that you do and for the leadership you're giving inside the company. So, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you as well for always being such a great partner. So happy and proud to be here. Well, Cassandra, thank you again for taking the time to join us. I know our partners are going to really enjoy this segment and the very, very relatable topic. So we hope everyone's enjoying our podcast. So please make sure to subscribe and give us feedback and be sure to join us in a couple weeks for our next episode of the Partner Connection. Until then, everyone stay safe and be well. 